Principle Matters Podcast, episode 240. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principle Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're talking about self-care lessons with my guest, Sean Og Odenin. Sean Og Odenin yes. is principal of Skoil Muir, which I know I just butchered that, a small Irish language medium school in Ballangiri County, Cork, Ireland, since 2006. In his time there, he has seen many developments of physical facilities with the support of Cork Education and Training Board, and he's implemented a restorative practice approach to school-based relationships. He's recently completed his master's in Galtech and Irish Medium Education at Mary Immaculate College in Limerick. He is currently a mentor supervisor for others in this course, and he is a personal leadership and executive coach and post on his own website, sprigda.com, Irish for Inspiration, where he also has an Irish medium podcast. The podcast is not education-based, but inquires of guests what inspires them and how they have grown and developed resilience, among other skills, in their lives. In addition, Sean was married to Rylene, and they have two daughters who inspire them every day. Sean, what an amazing privilege for me to connect with you. I know you've been a Principal Matters listener for a while, but you've been in school leadership, and I am just so excited that we've been corresponding and able to connect and talk today. Feel free to fill in the gaps on that intro and tell us something else that might surprise listeners to know about you. This is this is fascinating and exciting uh, uh, in, in, in equal measure because I've been listening to... Um, to your, your podcast, Principal Matters, and being inspired by it and motivated by it. And never crossed my mind that, that you and I would get to connect or get to chat at some stage. Um, a, a, an interesting non-education-based um, fact is that I, I, I've done a lot of acting. Uh, I, play, I play music uh, and I've done a lot of acting, stage acting and TV acting and voiceover acting over the years as a hobby and, and uh, a nice simple pastime. And when Arthur, the, the, the cartoon, you guys more than likely know Arthur and remember Arthur in, in America. But when Arthur, the cartoon, came to Ireland and it was to be translated to Irish, I was the voice of Arthur. What? So, yes. 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 So I, I, I spent about 10 years doing the voice of, of a 10-year-old aardvark. And very exciting times for me, you know. And... Um, it was, it was great. It was a pleasure. It was a privilege. It was exciting. Sean, you will be definitely the first voice actor principal that I have had on Principal Matters. Congratulations. And I don't often post the videos of these. Most of the time, it's just the audio, but I may have to post this one because if people were to be able to see you, they will know that you are the quintessential Irishman there with those piercing blue eyes it's there they are and so it's it's just <laughs> it's great to have you on this on my show today and i i'm just so excited to unpack how school leadership is practiced in your life because today we're going to talk specifically about ways that you've been applying your own pause breathe flourish lessons and so let's go there for just a minute recently you you shared out with me a, a, an image that you had been sharing and some training that you've been doing with school leaders and could you just unpack for a few minutes some of the lessons you've been sharing with others and why they should be pausing breathing and flourishing so that they're able to serve their schools better 
Um, uh, thank you, Will. Well, the the opportunity I had was to was to sort of sort of share um, my approach to wellness, you know, as as a school leader. And this is this has been a long journey for me. I mean, this is my fifteenth year as as a principal, and I'm really only learning the real lessons of of how to take care of myself in the last few years. And in that sort of presentation, and I, I drew on some of, of 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 what you had shared with Jen as well on, on the podcast, I I looked at my own well being as as the first priority, and there's been a lot of sort of traditionally maybe for 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 school principals uh, a guilt uh, associated with that uh, and that that people don't have the time to take care of themselves or if they're seen taking care of themselves that they're that you know they should feel guilty or that there's something wrong about this now it's taken me a while to realize no taking care of yourself is priority number one um I, I know that you use the, the 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 metaphor of the oxygen mask, and you know when when the the cabin pressure fails on a flight, that's the instruction that you're given. And it's interesting to think why do they why do airlines need to put that image in there, that instruction that you shouldn't put on your child's oxygen mask first? Why is that? My theory is they know that a parent will feel guilty. If, in in putting on their own oxygen mask first, and that is certainly true of us as leaders. We feel, you know, I shouldn't be taking care of myself. I have such a duty of care to my own family. I have a duty of care to everyone in the school community, the staff, the parents, the students. So, to unpack that idea, then you you need to realize no the the priority is and and the reason that that instruction is given uh, in in the form of of a diagram is because. Um, Parents and, in this case, teachers or leaders feel too guilty to take care of themselves first. So that resonated with me. But I would take that metaphor further, um, and this is one of the things that I would have shared in the in the in the training uh, in in the discussion that day. Um, I think we're not just the, the the parent with the 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 oxygen mask. I think we're the pilot as school leaders. We are the pilot, and that's not trying to elevate you know me to uh, um, a different level entirely, but when the crisis hits, we're we're not in 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 coach, trying to put on the, the the oxygen mask. We're trying to fly the plane through a storm that doesn't seem to be ending. It started last March, and we're still flying in a storm. We don't know where when we're going to land. We don't know where we're going to land. We're hoping that everybody else um, that we rely on or team knows what they're doing. Um, we hope that everybody else will be able to apply their oxygen masks. We hope that our messaging will be clear. We hope that we can remain calm, positive, optimistic. We hope that we'll be able to land the plane. We hope that we can reassure the passengers uh, that that we are competent enough to uh, land the plane. And at the same time, we're listening back from the control tower. No, you know, that airport that you were hoping to land in, no, you can't land there. You're going to have to wait another 200 miles to land. And... Um, the, the plan is constantly changing. So that's the metaphor that I would use for our current situation. What I love about that analogy, Sean, and thank you so much for unpacking that, is take, and you and you unpacked this in some of the correspondence with me too, is that that leader, that pilot of that plane has to be an optimal physical and mental and psychological condition if he or she is Absolutely. going to be managing 
a crash landing. And so it's so interesting. I'm so excited that you took that analogy that I used and you took it to another level because you're right. That oxygen mask does not even drop unless you're in a crisis. It's the, it's, it's a crisis when those things happen. And it's in that mm-hmm. crisis where you not only need to make sure that you have enough oxygen to breathe first yourself, but in the case of the person who's flying that plane, the, the mental well-being so that he or she can manage through that crisis and hopefully save everyone that they're that they're leading. And I know that that in some ways can create a lot of pressure for leaders to feel like, how do I know I'm getting it right? Or how do I make sure that I I land this plane, quote unquote? But I think the better application to that is the consistent self-care so that you're in the best condition to mm. manage and think clearly through difficult situations. And so I'd love to apply that back to your own practice because I believe that you've tried to practice, and none of us do this perfectly, but you've tried to create practices for your own self-care so that you can stay at an optimal condition physically mm-hmm. and mentally to serve your school. What does that look like for you personally, Sean? Well, it, what I hear so often from not just leaders, but everyone is people people say, look, I don't have the time, right? So my theory on that is no one has the time. You have priorities. And that's why I mentioned earlier, my my top priority is my own health and well-being. I can serve once I address that top priority. So what it looks like for me, if, if you were to take the 24-hour clock, because that's all everybody has in any one day, um, you, what I what I do is I, I, I set in stone some building blocks. So for example, I will give myself at least the opportunity to sleep eight hours. That sounds very basic, but I'm giving myself the opportunity to sleep eight hours. There are you know, this could be an entire different podcast, but uh, an entire different conversation. Uh, there are so many things that you can do to make sure or to, to, to give yourself the best opportunity to sleep, cut back in caffeine, you know, um, resist the next episode of Netflix. I've, I say this so often, but I, this is attributed to the CEO of, of Netflix that their biggest competitor is not other um, streaming uh, companies. Sleep is their biggest competitor. Wow. And it, you know, to realize that 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 you are, you're 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 the product, and you're you're consuming this product, but you're the product as well, and it's 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 taking from your twenty four hours. Anyway, um, I, I won't go on too much of a tangent on no, that. that. So, the the first up thing is to, is to give yourself right a block of eight hours to sleep. Now, what I've heard from so many. Um, uh, other podcasts, people like like Tim Ferriss, um, Sam Harris. So many people have morning routines, and uh, when you hear people say they don't have the time, what they really mean is that that they haven't prioritized and they haven't decided to take, to take control of their time. So an early morning for me is 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 a great way to start the day. Um, you know, again, working back from your eight hours when to get up, and so many people have the phone in their bedroom. I, I I charge my phone downstairs. I'm not trying to get in a high horse about that or virtue signaling about that. It's it That is also designed to interrupt your sleep. So the phone is downstairs charging on airplane mode. In 15 years, I haven't had the occasion where I had to have the phone in my room. And <laughs> that that's, I mean, if you took one thing away, get rid of your phone. It's competing with your sleep. Anyway, um, I will try in the morning to have a half hour or maybe more without my phone. Because the second that you open your phone, you're inviting the world in. The second that you check your email, 
messages, um, Twitter, whatever it is, you're inviting the world in. And what I like to do is I like to read um, a fellow a fellow American of yours has written this um, book, The Daily Stoic, Ryan Holiday. Uh, it's a daily sharp, it's a page, and there's a bit of contemplation to be done. I'm plugging it for him. I mean, I, I don't know the man from Adam, but it's been really good for me, I must say, in the last in the last six months especially. And then there's a journal where you can write some, some thoughts and that. So that's getting me into a journaling, a reading and a journaling practice before I do, do anything else. The next thing I do in my in my routine, I, I fit in um, meditation, which I've started in the last few months. And that's um, the Waking Up app with Sam Harris has been fantastic for that. And uh, that just gives me that grounding, um, calming space in the morning. Then I'll open my phone. I'll have a coffee, by the way, and water. Water, coffee, must happen. Now, you know, you might think, God, is he going to go through his full day? But the morning routine, hugely important because you're setting things in stone that you have control over because um, the illusion we have in any year, never mind the last year that we've put down, but in any years that we have certainty. Now, I, this is something that ran to me during the day. We have an illusion of certainty. And what this situation has revealed to us is that there's no certainty. The, uncertainty change that's the norm so it's so important to get in um regular things especially in the morning to ground your day now there's lots of other things i'll make sure that i get exercise every day i'll make sure that i eat well every day i'll make sure that i take care of my relationships and i know that you mentioned that as well in in your book that i that i feed and foster the relationships at home Another thing that that we do, and we started back in March, I can't remember where I heard it, but it is, I think it's gold. Gratitude is a very important um, uh, element in in anyone's day. None of this, by the way, is leadership specific so far, as you can tell. But one of them anyway is uh, in, in, let's say, fostering gratitude and the relationships at home is Rose Rose Thorn Bud. I don't know if you've heard of this. This is is one that can be used in classrooms. in in restorative practices we might mention that later but um the family so uh, myself and my wife and my two daughters now one daughter is 12 and the other is three so a very interesting time um for 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 those girls but what we do is we we started this back in march when 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 the first lockdown started and that is rose rose thorn but so at the dinner table whilst we're eating instead of one person namely me, maybe ranting on about something or the news of the day, each of us in turn takes a rose. So a rose is something positive from the day, and it can be very simple. As For example, my rose today is that I got to meditate in the morning, or my rose is that I had a good sleep, my rose is that I, that I went for a walk. And there's no sort of um, an examination of the rose. It's just, here it is, and on to the next person. So everyone gets a turn with their rose, and then you come around with the second rose. Again, another thing, another positive thing, maybe a chat, maybe a phone call, um, whatever it is, something nice, simple. And then a thorn is something that you find challenging. And again, the, cha- the, the, the thorn, the temptation for us as parents is to jump in and say, do you know what you should do there is, you know, and try to, to, to fix it. But that's not what it's about. It's about 
this is my thorn. I'm just letting you know. So my thorn is I miss my friends or my thorn is, um, I, you know, I had a really difficult conversation at work. You're not getting into the nitty gritty. It's just I'm finding this particular thing difficult and it's hugely valuable. And then you finish off the last one is a bud. And the bud is something that you're looking forward to either later that evening or the following day or next week. Wow. Those are such great takeaways, Sean. And I'm just going to, for Principal Matters listeners, just touch on a few of the things that you said and then remind everyone that I will include a summary of this conversation in the show notes, but sleep, meditation, reading, gratitude. And if no one walks away with anything else from this conversation, rose, rose, thorn, bud, what a great practice for making sure that you can walk through conversations that are meaningful with your own family. And something else that I I wanted to comment on that you said earlier too, which is protecting yourself from the intrusions of the world. Because one of the things I've noticed in my own habits, and there are times where I have turned notifications off of my phone or chosen not to touch it for a certain time, but I find myself gravitating back to picking it up earlier or looking at it sooner. And I don't know if you've had this sense before, but I'm just going to, uh, explain one of my own sensibilities that might relate to other people. I think sometimes that whether it's through social media or through email or through the news, I think sometimes those touch points create a false sense of validation. In other words, I would like a reason to know that I have a purpose other than just whatever is in my brain right now. So let me reach out for that purpose to see who needs me or who's reaching out to me or who's asking questions, et cetera. But in school leadership, if that's where you go first, or in life in general, if that's where you go first, then you really miss out on the opportunity for solitude, for stillness, for contemplation, for deeper thought, and really also the ability to rely on something other than the noise and the distractions and the immediacy of what's going on outside of our homes and our minds. Um, and so I just think that's those are such great practices. And I know those of you who are listening are gonna apply this in different ways. Maybe that means on your commute, Um, that you turn the radio off sometimes and choose something else to put into your ears. Or maybe that simply means before you go to bed at night that you decide what's the last thing you're going to place in your mind before you go to sleep so that the thoughts that you have are more productive ones. And so, Sean, thank you so much for those takeaways. I know you've got others. Any any other thoughts you want to add to that before I transition to another question? Um, Well, the the, the interesting thing about the the sort of the input um, is we – as school leaders, I think we feel the need to be uh, on top of everything, you know, to be kind of the first to react to news or, 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 or dictats, or dictats is, is a poorly chosen word there maybe, but the instruction from the department or whatever, and to, to be able to digest it really quickly and, and to react to it. Um, and I, I, I've stepped back from that type of pressure, you know, um, pause as 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 is your um uh phrase and to and to, to just breathe the important thing in any one moment and that's one of the biggest things that i've learned in the last 12 months the only thing that you actually need to do in any one moment is to breathe that's it everything else is optional so how you react as an individual or as a leader as 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 a team leader um you can take your time with that and and being comfortable um, 
in taking your time is is a skill that I've learned uh, over, over the years, but also being comfortable in getting it wrong and in asking and in being vulnerable. These are all things that are hugely important um, to me uh, as as a school leader. And um, you know, your 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 sort of your solitude. The main place that you have your solitude is in your own mind, and you decide what goes in there. You really do. And uh, meditation has helped me with that. I decide what I'm what, in in so far as that's possible. Um, what I feed. Um, myself, you refer to that as well. You know, what, what, what's your input? And as school leaders, we 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 sort of feel if we're not, you know, ahead of the curve, that we're not doing our jobs. We can't be ahead of the curve. Remember the pilot in the storm. It's your job is not to to predict the weather. Your 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 job is to is to fly the sh- the, 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 the the ship the, the plane safely. Like when we returned to school in August, I my message to everyone was very clear. I said, priority number one is to open safely. Priority number two is to remain open safely. That's it. Anything else is a bonus. And in the same way, you know, with the, the, the metaphor, the analogy of, of, the, of the pilot, um, I, I don't need to know what the weather is like in China. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to land the plane safely. I love those applications. And you're already stepping into what I was going to ask you next, Sean, which was to talk a little bit about what that, how those reflections have served you in leadership. And, and so that, that point that you just made about the conversation that you had with your school about their priorities as they stepped in, but let's, let's unpack that a little bit more. What are some other ways that you've tried to apply these lessons in self-care in the way that you lead, uh, in the way that you connect with your own school community, in the way that you build relationships the people you serve um one of the one of the strong messages as well at the start of of the year now when i say the start of the school year the academic year that was in in august and this came from the department and to be fair um it, it, it was good clear messaging and it was um connection before content and um that's that's stuck with me throughout the academic year um so to connect with students, and it was quite difficult because in our context, we, they were all masked up. So let's say there are students uh, that we, we had never met in first year when they, they started with us. Um, and, you know, for a while we hadn't seen their full faces, you know, but we're trying. It, that was quite challenging to connect with them and to to um, to use restorative circles with them, check in time with them and that type of stuff. And and. To get the message to 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 staff and to to students as well who wanted to you know cover the course and they felt that they were behind. No, the, the priority wasn't covering a course. Um, the priority was a connection, and making sure. Look, here we are, um, and 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 making that human connection with them before content, and that's still a challenge because we are now teaching remotely. We're teaching remotely since since the beginning of January, and we will be for for some time. I mean, we're we're hoping to be back at a, a staggered level in in March, and um, but it's 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 still going to be challenging to make sure that parents, students, you know, exam classes, um, and teachers remember 
we're we're not going to cover everything. It's not about getting the course done. Um, it's about um, guiding the students in our care um, through a very difficult storm, through a very difficult time. And the priority here is, is, is landing safely. It's not still getting to your holiday destination. It's landing safely. Landing safely, if we're going to continue with the, with the analogy, for a lot of them, we'll be getting to third level, to university, and getting, getting very high entry points. And that's still going to be a priority for them. But we need to do it safely. We need to be able to communicate that quite clearly and to listen to them and, and keep everyone calm. The priority, you know, safe, calm messaging. And that, that comes from me. And when I hear teachers worried about I'm not getting enough done or, I'm, you know, it's about bringing, bringing, lowering the expectations. You know, and there's, there are many principals who will say that publicly. That's one of my main um, sort of roles at the moment. Lower expectations. You know, have realistic expectations. And, and again, the main expectation is let's keep people safe. Let's keep people secure, connected, reassured. The priority is not to, to, to have, have business as normal. It's not business as normal, business as usual. What are some ways that you guys have been able to prioritize keeping those human connections alive, even while your students have been trying to learn from home. Yeah. So in, in, in the first, in the first term between August and, and uh, December, we were, we were planning all the time for the possible, you know, return to remote learning. So everyone was, was, was sort of um, upskilled as regards the, the, the platform that we were using, which is Teams. But um, so homework was put on that and resources and, and everyone was part of, 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 of uh, individual class teams and that type of stuff. But then when we returned um, to, to remote learning, um, one of the, one of the the sort of the, the the approaches we had was to check in because that that's something that we would have done with restorative practices pre-COVID. So we're talking 1920, um, 20, 2019, 2020. We would have checked in at the beginning of classes. So a check-in would be a level of energy from one to ten, and maybe a reason why, and then a sort of a, um, a an innocuous question like. Um, your favorite thing about the weekend or that type of stuff, you know, but it's giving a voice to everyone. So we would still do that online. And uh, that's that's been very important because, as we know, the online um, buy-in is, it, it varies, especially with teenagers. Um, and obviously your students are, are, are from ages 12 to 18, but the buy-in online and light in the car or light in the camera, that's 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 ang uh, anglicization by the way of an Irish phrase, lighting is lasse, which is anyway. So switching on your camera, my apologies there for my bilingualism. Um switching on the camera and switching on the mic, which of course many students are reticent to do, and it's quite challenging as you're speaking to an empty screen or, or a screen with, 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 with um, the initials. So checking in with students at the beginning and asking them at the minimum to turn on their mic and say, hey, I'm you know at a seven or whatever, and this is why, and this is what I watched last night, or this is what I did last weekend. So we're still doing that, which is, which is um, 
a nice human connection. It's as good as it's going to get in a lot of ways, you know. Um, it takes more time. But but as one of the things that I would have said to staff is, look, our, our class periods are 40 minutes. Your, your actual teaching time, and this was when we were even in the building, your actual teaching time, by the time you get everything done with sanitizing hands and all that type of thing, 20 minutes. If you get 20 minutes, you're doing well. And it's the same online now. Um, we started with a, with, a, with a full timetable when we when we went online again in January. And we we worked with that for about two weeks, but we um, surveyed students and based on their feedback, they were exhausted. They were looking at a, at a screen for six hours a day. And uh, we cut back on the amount of lessons and the, the duration of lessons so that they could have breaks between and get out and, 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 and run around and that type of stuff. So we're listening to feedback from, from students. Um, other other practical things that 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 um, teachers would have done with with students is challenges, you know, um, like physical education challenges and sort of logging that stuff uh, online, baking, um, you know, well being. Uh, we we spend a lot of time with well being. By the way, well being is is a junior cycle program. So junior cycle is the first three years of our of our. Um, um, uh, time in, in post-primary in Ireland. So junior cycle, there's, there's a lot of emphasis on well-being, which is fantastic. It's been it's been hugely beneficial for us in the current crisis. So when we were when we were back in the first term, a lot of the well-being focus was on things like gardening, art, um, uh, you know, storytelling in Irish, uh, song, um, but also, let's say, baking, cooking, practical things and know that they're learning remotely that's continuing so some of the classes will be um the theory needed to you know bake scones or whatever and then they're they're doing that you know practically and that's that's been good um and to share that work online and to share with, with each other uh it's still a huge challenge it's mm -hmm. you know we're we're I, I could go on for hours about this, but we're 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 not we're we're not complicated animals. We've made ourselves very complicated, and this further complication of staring at a screen for six, eight, ten hours a day is exacerbating our situation. And what we need to do is to make that human connection, which is very challenging. Um, but we're we're doing our best with it, and and the students they miss each other. They miss each other. We we miss them. Yeah. Well, what I love about the applications that you just unpacked there was going full circle back to the well-being that we practice for ourselves. How can we encourage the connection and relationships between teachers and kids? And then how can we encourage kids to practice well-being? Because at the end of the day, there is no learning that's going to happen without those connections of relationships and with the well-being. It's It all goes hand in hand. And Sean, I've said this before to other school leaders, and I know you believe this too, that the same practices that worked before COVID are the same ones that are working during COVID and the same ones that will work after COVID. Uh, I had a guest recently who said that, you know, COVID didn't change the culture of their school. It revealed the culture of their school. And then they had to decide, mm -hmm. are we going to keep growing in this culture or are we going to allow ourselves to, to, to shrink back during this time too? And so those are such encouraging things to think about. And I know all of us yearn for the day when 
quote unquote normal returns, but I'm, I'm not sure that any of us are ever going to be normal again, because I think we're going to learn some things about schooling that hopefully will make us stronger and more resilient moving forward. Well, I wanted to, to wrap up the conversation with just a, a minute or two, just to also let you unpack some of the ways that you have practiced restorative practices in your school, because I know that's been an emphasis of learning for you and an, an area of practice for you and your teachers. Um, restorative practice for us has has been transformative in, in the school community. Uh, when I started as a principal, I was old school, new sheriff in town. I was I, I was I was going to, well, I did um, meet conflict with conflict, because that's what I knew, and it took a year or two for me to um, to change my my approach. And when I did restorative practices was 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 the, the the means by which we changed the entire school culture um so i introduced it on an, an ad hoc um informal basis and, and i was trying it with with specific conflicts and it 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 really changed the course of people's lives it changed my life um i i would argue and um in the last few years, staff have been trained uh, in restorative practices, and we—it's—it's it's not if conflict occurs, but when conflict occurs, um, we are more uh, comfortable with with listening to each other. Uh, we realize that most conflict is relationship based, and that um, it's about repairing the relationship or acknowledging the damage done to a relationship. Whether that's, you know, a, a breach of trust or, or a perceived lack of respect or whatever it is, but you know, so often no, we instead of getting furious, we get curious beforehand. So you know, I, I I know that phrase has been used before, but to be curious as to why something is happening and and to be to be in that zone, to be in that comfortable zone, to be able to do that, um. You need to be to be cognizant of the relationship. So instead of um, being, uh, I suppose, reactive towards a student situation, you're curious, you're patient, and you invite the student to repair the situation, to resolve the situation. And there are students who have been who are well accustomed to that practice now, and they sort of they they put up their hands before you even ask the question. You know, they 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 know. It's, okay, I know I'm going to have to resolve this, and this is how I'm going to do it. And generally speaking, it works out. There are there are other ones where you start peeling an onion of conflict, and it goes back years, and that's quite time consuming, but it's well worth it when it when it works. But relationships, schools are based on relationships, and it comes back to our earlier parts of this conversation: the human connection that is. That is so difficult to maintain now, is at the core of our business, and um, we are going to value that so much more when we return to whatever normality is. Wow. Well, Sean, I will probably swing back to you later and ask you for some resources that you have relied on as you've built good restorative practices in your school because. That short summary was so powerful uh, in unpacking what I think so many school leaders face when we move from, like you said, responding to con to responding to conflict with conflict, 
and transitioning from responding to conflict with understanding. And mm-hmm. so, um, and that's a huge transition. And I think all of us learn those the hard ways, just like, and I know you referred to that earlier too, but I just want to thank you for, first of all, for your leadership, uh, for your school community. And I know that we've corresponded and connected through my podcast, but one of the things I love about this Principal Matters community is the origin of me even beginning this podcast was when I was meeting school leaders across my state and across the nation and realizing I'm sitting in the room with people. And this is, I know I'm biased, but this is just, this is the way I feel sincerely. I'm sitting in the room with, with heroes, people that spend their day working diligently to care for and nurture and help students and communities flourish. And often their stories go untold. And, and so it's always been so important to me to recognize and highlight and celebrate the great work that school leaders do and remind other leaders that the work that you do is so incredibly important. So Sean, thank you for the work that you do every single week. And thank you that you're, you're doing it for your school community, but you represent so many other leaders across the world who, who are quietly, wisely, and purposefully taking care of themselves so that they can take care of others. Any final thoughts as we wrap up? And I would also love for you to share a way for listeners to connect with you if they'd like to find you. That, that's beautifully uh, put, William, and, and and the work you're doing is very important. And look, one of the, one of the takeaways from from uh, from our current situation, I try not to use the C word or the P word, pandemic, but uh, is how small the world is. You know, and it's 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 fantastic to connect with you and and with other educators around the world. But the the position of of of, of the leadership position is a privilege. It's such a privilege. There are no qualifications to prepare you for it. I still don't know what I'm doing. I still don't know what I'm doing. I'm learning publicly and I'm willing to be wrong publicly. And that's taken me quite a while to be to be to be willing to be so vulnerable and get it wrong. You know, but when you get it wrong and you acknowledge that you got it wrong, people are more willing to approach you, I think, and people are, are more willing to step in, you know, and step up. In, in, in the in the leadership, um, uh, I suppose um, cast. I suppose if we're going to put it like that, but um, I, it's a privilege. It's such a privilege uh, to, to 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 be able to lead schools, and it's been a privilege to talk to you. If people want to get me Twitter um, at Sean O'Gordonin, uh and my 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 uh, website is spraga.com. So S P R E A G A D H dot com. No, it's all it's all in Irish. Sure, you could use Google Translate for it, but uh, I also have a, have a podcast where I, I interview uh, people from lots of different walks of life about what inspires them. And William, this this has inspired me, and you you and your work um, inspire us. Well, you've inspired me today, Sean, and I know that we're looking at each other through screens, but I've been dreaming this whole time about the day when, who knows, when COVID is over and we could sit together and enjoy a drink and listen to your Irish singing, because I am just going to, I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind, that you're also a singer and a musician. Um, And so thank you for the privilege, my friend. Privilege was mine. Thank you. Principal Matters listeners, thank you for the time that you spent learning together with us this week, because what you do matters. And we'll talk to you again next week. You can find other free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com.